0: You gotta admit, that was smoking, right? the no. maximum <laughs> shreddage. <Yep. Yeah>. Maximum the <laughs> Yep.
1: All right, here's my little intro, and then we'll actually do it. All right. Tonight, in a very special edition of the program, we welcome Thus the Buzz. On Thus stage, buzz. co-host Tom Gaffey. That's true. Alongside Pete Rochelle and Lance Brown, founded yes. this band in the 1990s and continue with the project to this day.
2: Yep.
1: We'll be talking about the past, present, and future of Thus the Buzz, as well as what brought these guys together in the first place. Uh, and later... We'll be joined by a few newer additions to the band uh, for some excerpts from their off-the-wall project that they've been working on for the last year. Welcome to the program, my yeah, friends. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. us. So, Lance, would you say that you were a Phoenix kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete not was not a Phoenix kid. I was kid.
3: not a Phoenix kid. I I yeah. came after the fact. Okay. Um, his, his stepdaughter my, is a Phoenix my kid. My good old days are in Chicago. Chicago, okay. Yeah.
1: So, so, Tom, what would you say it is to be a Phoenix kid? This is a oh, term that's Phoenix thrown kid. around a lot.
0: Well... <laughs> We're in we're
1: in the Phoenix Theater right
0: now. Of course. Yeah, we are in the Phoenix Theater, and, and uh, that'd be a kid that uh, that spent a lot of time of uh, a lot of time hanging out down here, uh, you know, watching movies. In Lance's case, uh, seeing bands play as well. In Lance's case, uh, playing an awful lot of music, uh, skating, biking, uh, pissing off the neighborhood.
4: So I guess 1983, this was still a movie theater. Yes, it was. And there was a handful of us that just decided to start hanging out here. Oh yeah. Tom employed a few of us. That's true. And the rest of us just hassled the staff. <laughs> yes, that's true as well. And then, uh, actually, I was the first performer in your... That's
0: absolutely correct. I wanted to mention that when I got back in 83. Uh, probably whenever we had um, Eddie Murphy... Um,
4: Breakfast Club and Beverly Hills Cop. Breakfast Club and Beverly
0: Hills Cop playing together. Lance had asked me as a kid, can I play guitar on, on the stage at uh, one time at one of the intermissions? you know, I'll tell you what, when we have a show that is uh, mostly a teenage show that the kids will be at, yes, I'll let you play. So we booked uh, booked a double feature, Breakfast Club and Beverly Hills Cop. And, uh, oh, my God, and uh, and Lance said, do I get to play that? Well, I told you you could. So, yes, you can. And it was a sold-out Friday night here, top to bottom. People were hanging off the balcony. It was so full. And I was worried about having too many people, Uh, I found that exactly what we did was probably the best thing you could do. We put Lance on stage with, I had a, an acoustic 320 head and a box of acoustic 610s. And oh, a broken cord. Cord. Oh, my God. Oh. So, uh, and, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking of sound or any of that stuff, And we plugged this kid in. Lance is maybe 15. Because yeah. we're talking mid-80s. Yeah, and, 85. Yeah, yeah, 85. Okay. And Lance plugs in, and. Cranks it up and plays about fifteen seconds of every tune that he'd ever heard in his life. Oh my got all strung into about five minutes of hell. It was, no, it was wonderful. That was not hell. And look, it was it was moving. But I'll tell you it what, was he was on for about fifteen minute, fifteen seconds, and this older couple immediately comes out. We will never come back here again. And all I because yeah, I don't think I would either. But I can't get out though, so I'm just going to have to live through this. It was it was an incredible night. Right. And luckily he did. He cleared eh, probably about a quarter of the people out. Thank goodness. It was easier to get through Beverly Armed Hills' service. Cop And you
3: didn't that. have to worry about it being too crowded. No. No, it, was good. No.
1: it when, was good. So when you did that, you were 15, and you probably thought it, it was a great performance.
4: Yeah, Gaffy gave me a bomb cord. Yeah. I'm blaming it on the cord. Yeah, I had the He's between bow. crazy train. I had to jiggle the cord. Right, and he did yeah, crazy was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. was, I had no roadies there back then. There was some Van Halen in there, I'm sure. <laughs> Tom,
1: Tom tells me a story about when he first came back to manage this theater. You yeah. uh, you showed up in your suit and
0: tie. Yeah, yeah, my first night in. And I was suit and tie in it. I
1: don't know if you were around during that Lance time, was Lance. was not, but
0: it was, it was August Bernie, uh, Augie mm-hmm. Bernie, and Michelle Serrano, Eric Harris, and their crew. I do believe Eric was wearing an all-leather suit in those days. Okay. And, uh, no, I don't
4: remember the suit. <laughs> it was
0: the first intermission, uh, the first night I got back, and, and uh, <laughs> it was intermission, and everybody was sitting on the steps. It was just wall to wall kids. So I went up to a group of them sitting on the steps, and I said, uh, You know, guys, I can't let you sit on these steps. And, He's trying uh, to be
1: very official, okay.
0: And Auggie Bernie looks at me and goes, well, Who are you? And I go, oh, I'm, I'm the guy running the place now. And augie looks right out, and he says, No, man, we're running this place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, That's uh, Auggie. It was game on. It is Auggie. He, uh, He was always one of my favorites besides.
1: And that spirit uh, maintains to this day. That's part of the problem. Lance, you were talking about um, destroying Tom Gaffey's uh, image that he has um, uh, during this (laughs) broadcast. Is there any stories you wanted to share about uh, your uh, relationship with Tom? Because, my God, you've known him now for 30 years.
4: There was the one time you threw me down. I did? (laughs) (laughs) Did you deserve um, it? (laughs) Popsicle Love Sponge. Oh, no. And, of course,
1: the people out there know that story, but as a reminder, yeah. really? that's the one where the person supposedly he did. fucked I was working the chicken the stage. on stage. He just k- he killed yeah. it.
0: Oh. He gyrated into it as if, and it was
1: a whole thing. Tom has told the story before, yeah, yeah. but that's that very infamous night. That
4: was
0: pushing you out of the
4: way. I wanted to unplug all the equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so I won't name names, but um, <laughs> Thank you. I had an altercation with one of them
0: Oh, that's about
4: right. a week before, on my 21st birthday, and then... Um, he got out of that, and then I found out he was going to be here. Yep, I do so recall I, that. So yes. I came backstage, and I was going to finish what had been started, yeah. and Tom came up behind yeah. me and just threw me down. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. I do recall <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have been – And and – really if i had to look at it in those days i don't know if you would have would have won that contest besides
4: no absolutely would have okay. he was terrified but we're not going to do that okay. <laughs> Oh, absolutely <laughs> and to this day we can have a the no, rest no. Of thing i'd love to we, I,
2: no.
1: I, I feel like you two have a lot of these sort of like well we'll agree to disagree we uh, will yeah we uh, do yeah a lot. that's that's well, kind of like wait, the wait. basis of your relationship i find <laughs> well, we have completely
4: different perspectives
1: so how did this band thus the buzz come about
4: Lance, I think. So, well, it was kind of Chomp Hard ish. Yeah. And it, then. We had played together in, in, in Chomp yeah. Hard.
1: Well, let's pause for a second. What was Chomp Hard?
0: Ah, Chomp Hard was, I don't know if we got that. They, it, was, it was a band. It was Derek Jorgensen, uh, Johnny Brennis, and Lance Brown up on this stage one night uh, playing, practicing. And I heard this one tune they're playing. And I ran down, like, hey, you know what? I know this tune. You do. And it was season we, of the we witch. We thought we just wrote it. Yeah, they thought they. So <laughs> I just I plugged in uh, Donovan tune season of the witch into it. They go, well, wow, man, did you just write that? No, that's a Donovan tune. No, man, we wrote that. No, you stole that. And, and <laughs> that's that's a Donovan tune. And uh, but they were you know they were a tight tight group. They were very good players. Uh, you look at all three of them. Uh, a lot of different really cool influences uh, brought them together. Uh, metal first, but a lot of reggae and a lot of blues. Uh, a lot of Neville brothers, so there was some funk with this crew, and uh, these three guys had had some really sweet chops, and uh, it was a natural. I love playing with Cause
1: them because you, Tom, you haven't had that many bands over the last thirty no, I years. Yeah, that I was. I mean, uh, like I've been mostly bu- with people. Chompard. I mean, what yeah. other bands have you had? Well, there Those was just just the, there was the
0: Off the Cuff, which was an early one in in uh, late seventies, I think. Okay, but yeah, like late seventies, and then and then to uh, Chomp Hard in the in the early eighties. So, mid-80s. so
1: since you've been managing this place, really, two yeah. two formal bands.
0: Yeah, really. And yeah. Lance is in both of them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Why do, This is fascinating. <laughs>
0: uh, you know what? First off, right off the bat, because he is a... In those days, I was singing a lot more aggressively, and he is an aggressive player. It was an aggressive band. Uh, you had... Uh, uh Derek on drums, and Johnny was just solid in the pocket, and that was
4: nice. And, and then he kept us—he Lance- kept, us, kept us light enough to listen to. Yeah, Der- had is. Derek and I had the reins, it yeah, would yeah. have been—it completely- would have been more metal. It's <laughs> yeah. very true.
0: But they were aggressive enough, and and uh, that was what—that was what I was into doing at that time, anyway. So yeah. we're good. They're smoking players.
1: So Chomp Art happened, and you guys had some level of success with that band, uh, and then it sort of evolved and changed, and something happened to where thus the buzz
0: happened.
4: Yeah. So. I was kind of trying to keep Chompard going, and then we were without Derek, yeah. so we kind of brought Jack in, who was Keith's son.
0: Yeah, Jack Allen.
4: And then um, Johnny was kind of had one foot out the door, and then one day he came, and Pete and I were jamming, and and Pete, Pete is—I'll say it—and if anybody <laughs> bass players are listening, Ooh, I don't give a solid. shit. He's he's arguably the best player, this, base yeah, player that's bass ever <laughs> stepped on the stage. He's a pretty solid player. Was, oh, no, yeah, doubt no, he bad. he he throws yeah, down. I and would Johnny argue. Johnny was does, just yeah. kind of like. It was just kind of like the passing of the torch. It was just like you know, we were we were going on, and Johnny was kind of doing. He wanted to do other stuff. It was yeah. never. He it, it was never. That's a good PG version it, it, it of never, the actual story. It, it, <laughs> it never totally uh, had his attention all the way. Yep. He, he was never all in. That was the biggest thing. And then, um, and then we could play really. We could play for hours. Yeah. We really could. We were still at that point, yeah, yeah. And um, and actually, we were called because Jack was. 17 yeah. at the time yeah, so it was three yeah. it was three morons and a minor <laughs> well, that's right <laughs> that's what that's the buzz was and, the yeah. end of the day. and then Jack turned 18 and we needed <laughs> a name
1: did you ever play <laughs> oh, so you never played under that billing before
0: no, I think we didn't we have him as a kid we were jamming we, what, we
4: what, had a,
1: what a fun okay. thing that would be up on the marquee oh I, I love that and then he, <laughs> then he turned 18
4: we couldn't preserve yeah. him <laughs> yeah yeah lost the
1: name <laughs> so you that's said that true. certain people were not all in in the project and that's why they didn't stick around yeah naming names but you strike me Lance as somebody who has no pay for someone who's not all in, Whew.
4: no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He, yeah, yeah. And actually, that's that's the interesting part about him and I playing together because we 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 couldn't be polar opposites it's like i want the set list i want i want i want it yeah. fucking dialed and and that, this and this guy no i, I can't open with that man oh no. no 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 fucking Lance, are you talking can't, about can't, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that's every every, every yeah. show it didn't even matter if you want to play the goddamn no, Lance. no no this is one of those heavy <laughs> fucking pieces man and you can't just fucking do no no i saw the I crowd man sing this we this can't song. We, we can't just I, fucking yeah. go out there with no i'm i'm not doing it i'm not yeah. doing it if you don't mind I mean, yes. I I like to gauge the audience a little bit and, and see. You weren't even fucking out there. What happens out there? There were
2: people.
0: Are you out talking there,
1: about
4: one show in I particular? This happens every, every show. It still yeah. happens, doesn't Look it? At the list. Oh god! Thank god the wall has a. Yeah, there's you yeah. couldn't change this, but he no, could. He would. <laughs> well, no, we, we should really, we should really do run like hell. We should really open with that. We should oh, yeah. we'll run like hell. That'd and, be a great opening. And how do you, how do you respond to these
1: accusations, Tom? Well, I, look,
0: uh, first off, I always thought Lance played better when he's a little edgy. Anyway, <laughs> and it would be before every show. You go, Michael, we gotta get a list. We gotta get a list. We got a list. And Derek was kind of into it back in the chompard days. These he guys had good
4: handwriting. He'd write a nice list. Oh, oh gosh, they'd have
0: these lists already. There'd be five or six, however many we needed, and they'd lay the list down. And I walk it out and look at the first song oh my god we can't open with that jeez that would just piss them all off it was great and then it was just like uh, it was a free for all
1: Um, so this has probably produced some pretty intense encounters uh, between you two yeah but it never gets too far out and what I'm getting to is like so has it ever jeopardized the band never this this level of no
4: no weird how that works incongruity (laughs) there was there was a period where John and I weren't allowed to travel to gigs alone together that's – oh, man. Was that John Parr at, at New Georgia's? No, it was when we sh- – John and I showed up literally uh, five minutes before we were supposed to play with um, Green Day. Was it Green Day? At that Sonoma? At, or no, Napa? at that, that place in Berkeley, the punk house. Gilman. Gilman no. Street. Yeah, Gil- Johnny and I kind of got hung up somewhere. That was a victim show, I think. Yeah, and we showed up right five minutes before we were supposed to. And Yeah, yeah, that was a tough night.
1: Um, but- well, And what, what are we talking
0: about? Why? Well, number one,
1: <laughs> I mean, come on, let's make the show interesting for the uh, listeners.
4: Because I was a, a junkie, and uh, it was an issue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you—that's oh, why you weren't allowed to travel together because you two had John similar interests. Similar yeah. interests. So what happens in a situation like that where you guys show up at Gilman and you're not perhaps prepared
0: to play? Nobody noticed. It was—it was a—it uh, was a, it was a hell could of a play.
4: show. Yeah. Yeah, they could play. They. Uh... That's all we did.
0: And in those days, the crowd was was out of their minds as well. The pit was great, was going off big and and, uh, stage diving. It was just a wonderful place to play. And uh, yeah, uh, luckily these guys could come in a little bit disheveled and not be noticed. Actually, I think if we're all
4: being honest, if Pete and I were to point to the two, the worst time period of our life, it would be
0: that. That period as well?
4: Yeah, that 2001 to 2003 period. That, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty rough time. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would say that, that music is the only thing that kept me from completely spinning off the rails. That was, that was my only connection to anything good at that time.
1: And that's a really big statement, which is a compliment to this band. Uh, greater than anything you could probably say about the, mu- the songwriting is that it sort of it kept you in this yeah. world.
4: But gave if the, it if gave the band some wasn't hope. good, I would see, and that's the thing. It wasn't like I was hanging on to this because it's all I had. If if it wasn't as good as it was, I I, I couldn't have.
0: I, yeah, it seemed like yeah, we, we could, we could get together sound, and but, play, and we could get together and play, and, and, and still do well through almost anything. There was a period, really,
4: the biggest problem we ever had was Lance and his pedal board, quite frankly. Well, no, I, I had this thing. I, I, I was a I was a Well, you showing
3: up late to practice or okay, maybe yeah, being there yeah. or not. Yeah, there. you, we you, didn't you know. left a lot of idle, you Yeah, know, we, devil we, finds we would work not, for we, idle we hands. We would so. not
4: know. Tom's showing tonight. Oh,
3: true. guys, I can't make it. Well, oh, no. guys, I got to so, leave and go so back So my to mindset show. at that time
4: <laughs> literally was uh, I would take every wire out of my guitar and rewire my guitar before every practice.
1: <laughs> that was because of where you were I at. I was a
4: fucking spun-out junkie speed freak.
3: And only recently I've cleaned that sound room out <laughs> oh, no. and found, like, still some more leftovers of just... Pedals and wires. knobs yeah. and wires and, like, yeah, leftover like little just, pieces of yeah, cardboard it's... with solder on it and...
2: Oh, well, I love stories like that because people
1: who haven't had that experience would think, okay, you're a crazy person. But people who have that experience are like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. In In that moment, that seemed like the thing you had to do. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, I had to. Yeah, yeah no, because
4: <laughs> the blue wire and yeah, yeah. When I, when I it first, made total
1: sense to you 100%.
3: When I first met Lance, like what it dawn on me that this guy is a really intelligent really quick-witted guy although he is spun off the rails and he is (laughs) wild i mean i would commute to him to work with him to work and there was no bus turnout that wasn't his victim i mean every every you know the bus turnouts on the exits is like flying through (laughs) (laughs) just to drive through them oh man we get to work quick Oh, because oh. you're
0: trying
1: to dodge traffic, is what yeah, you're Yeah, well, he, he would go through tower. the bus yeah. as exit. I didn't
0: know you could pull that <laughs> off for crying out
1: loud. If you strike me as a man, Lance, that so would maybe create a third lane on the left. We've maybe. done that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
4: Oh. And then yeah. one time I hit a parked car yeah. that oh. I thought was moving. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> accidents happen. The first time I played guitar after I got clean was at that show that Dion put together. I didn't even take it out of the case. And how long
1: had you not played the guitar?
4: I guess it had been almost 10 years at that time. Really? Yeah
1: That's well, incredible So that, that means the, Obviously Thus the Buzz Had a 10 year hiatus Yeah, yeah. No
4: it was Dion She's like I want Thus the Buzz
1: <laughs> She texted me Dion being My wife. wife Your wife Yeah, yeah. 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 Lily's, Lily's mom yeah. yeah Well and to an earlier point I, I wasn't implying That this band Was the only thing That kept you hanging on Or that you were Sticking with it no, Just no, no, because no. Just because it was The only thing in your life that was Oh any no good. no wait, I didn't but, take that But what all. I meant was This was maybe The one source of good In your life The one yeah. thing That gave you something To look forward to And that's That's a profound yeah. And cool thing Thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, my kids, I love, but I yeah, just yeah. felt, I, 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 just felt like such a dirty, horrible person. Like I just didn't want to mm-hmm. get too close to them, and I didn't like my wife at all. So no,
0: he had to get sober to find out what a dirty, yeah. horrible person he was without the drugs. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> yeah, He's and you a, know, I mean, life is a messy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. and and so <laughs> you, you needed those ten years, I'm assuming, to figure some stuff out. What did you do, Pete, during the intervening ten years? Well, I. We covered uh, meeting Dion
3: and yeah. moving on with my life. I yeah. went back to college.
0: Continued and, to play with a lot yeah, of Yeah, I played.
3: In the, during that time, I just kept playing and playing and playing. Yeah. as Hannah grew older and Dion and I got married and we were raising our, you know, our new family. You know, I'm, a, I'm an empty vessel. So, the, so my wife and Lance has said <laughs> in oh. the past where, you know, just I can't be filled. So it may seem like I'm a depressed person, but I'm not. I'm He's just, waiting I'm just filling up the voids.
1: That's a, you, you know, empty vessel. You've yeah. been described as that by a couple people close to you. Yes. What is that? Oh. And just a, like a full definition of that. And well, Lance, you called you called him that. So what do you mean when to, you call? Well, him to that,
4: that I, not necessarily the term "empty vessel," but like 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 never satisfied, like never he he never sit, never got complacent, and that was one of the the big drivers of that's the buzz because. We, we, we had a good set that we could have just fucking sat on like Chomp Hard did. Like, even Tom and I would write all these songs. Yeah. Like, nobody would want to engage in them. Oh, no, we're fine. We'll just do this show and then we'll work on them. But, like, Pete was like, no, no, Let's no. Fucking, it. we know yeah. this one. Let's go on. What do you got? Yeah. What do you got? What do you yeah. got? What do you got? Yeah. I mean, great. I the write on's my favorite, but I think. Um, Right, that's cool. i get real excited about it. it's it's called cocaine but we it's a don't love oh, and um we're playing this thing it's got a great bass line and it's yeah. a pretty edgy guitar thing yeah. and jack has this great drum and tom's singing this little thing like you know get up or yeah stand up. he's like oh, no this song sucks no yeah. it, no, no this fucking sucks just because you don't like the shit you wrote and then get, yeah we stood back and it's like okay this song's about cocaine yeah, um, and then all of a sudden, it was almost like the, like the lights <laughs> yeah. just changing there. Don't and love. Then it got dark, and then and that was really, really that was the only song that I really, and I didn't write anything in it, but like I kind of interacted. Like you came would, up with the guitar riff. It was no, but it's it was the one that I was most interested in the lyrics, I should say, yeah, and yeah. like we'd go a certain way. I'm like, oh, you know, what about you know the kind of the dark room thing? It's a tough song.
0: There are times because <laughs> and I'm I, curious why you say that. Yeah uh, because I uh, uh, let's see uh uh listening, getting through these very last hours It felt like 10,000 lifetimes in a day I'm um, a prisoner in a crystal white tower Because I love it, cocaine uh, I'm trying to remember where, where it starts getting darker and darker It talks about me being locked in my room And people trying to get in Dancing and not, with knocking. a girl you like to dancing, dance with Yeah, dancing with a girl uh, Somebody's knocking at my door uh, You're not the one I want to play with Go away so I can do more And I he spent
4: many nights doing that Yeah, drop pants with yeah. <laughs> Oh,
0: I did Oh, yeah, the girl, uh, she's the girl you like I to drop pants with yeah. That was for Lance We used to call Lance drop pants Lance That's true as a matter of fact, I you know, I quoted another friend of mine, a partner in crime, but who found himself out wandering on f street he was on the telephone yes and he, was, he was dancing he went, naked in the rain dancing naked in the rain he was walking na- out walking naked in the rain he was on his telephone in his house doing cocaine the phone rings he gets into one of these pacing conversations next thing you know he's outside pacing on on in front of his house on f street fully naked <laughs> it just without even realizing it was it's you know such a mindless drug
1: and that became a it was
0: all part of the it was all part of the song and and uh yeah, it's, uh, but it, it gets it it's, it it's was a dark, deep part of my life as well, and I'm, boy, so glad I was able to get out of that one.
4: Yeah. Well, that it, was kind of how we got, our our connection got deeper. Yeah, it because, is how our connection uh, got deeper. 1987, I was 17. Yeah. I called Tom. And third time I did coke. Like, I knew I loved it, and I never wanted to do, I couldn't imagine my life differently, and I called Tom, I said, Tom, I, I really love this shit, man. And, uh... You also said you had a whole bunch of it. Yeah, well, I might have. I said yeah, a lot of did. things. I was wired. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and then I realized what I'd done. I basically just hold on myself. And yes. Or how did that go down? I don't know. I ended up knocking on the door. The you knocked lot. on my parents' door yeah. because yeah. oh, because I was supposed to go out with Marcus Foodie that oh, night. Oh, You
0: guys are going to go out and do an eighth ounce of Coke.
4: <laughs> no, no, Marcus was okay to go out with. No, 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 no. no. You knew if I went out with Marcus, yeah, I was cool. It was but cool. if I did anything yeah. else, if I deviated from that yeah. plan, and then he went and that's true. Yeah, told Marcus my parents. Was solid. Yeah. And I ended up at a counselor. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget this. Um, I go in there and uh, I, he's all, well, how much are you doing? And I told him, and he didn't believe me because I was so young. And he pours out, he pours out this his, his sugar for his coffee. Yeah. He's all, how much is that? I'm all, I don't know, about a little more than an eighth. And he, he, his hands went back. He's all, looks at my parents right in the eyes who had no idea I was doing anything at the time, said, yeah. I will not touch this kid until he's been in a, a year-long treatment. And, <laughs> and he threw us out of the office and didn't even charge yeah. us. Like, he, wa- he wanted no fucking part yeah. of, of this. Scary so stuff. that was 1987. Yeah. I didn't get clean until 2003. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it doesn't true. get better. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> but that's a, that's a big statement on the relationship you have with yeah. him, yeah. which well, I was kind of getting know. earlier. You felt comfortable enough to tell him yeah. about that even yeah. though you were essentially
4: telling on yourself. But it was because I knew, uh, f- and then go ahead, but because yeah. we're totally taking on. Well, no, but- I,
3: just, I just want to tie into an earlier point you were asking the question is why are they called Phoenix kids?
2: Yeah. Hmm.
3: And so, right there is a great example of Tom. Tom is a figurehead here, not only just in the physical mm. sense, but also in sort of the spiritual sense to these kids, spiritually like him, who can really rely on him to fill a lot of voids in their life where they're not getting from their own parents
1: important a, too to mention not just kids not just kids no
3: there's adults you know, you know kids that have grown up here but and he's, he's he's in, in, all, in all
4: fairness stuff. in all fairness yeah. i had i have two great parents you did yeah. but oh, i yeah. it I, was there, there was they, things yeah, there were things old, that you yeah. could talk to tom about yeah that especially now now you know conversely right. the things that lily talks to you about that blows your mind kids are are talking more yes uh, it, it was not happening in my in generation states. absolutely
0: you, no
3: well, my generation either no yeah we like, didn't we didn't, didn't talk about the window, that that was home. it you yeah. know when
4: i when i went to rehab it was the end of the world for my mom because yeah. you know no. what are the neighbors gonna think and not in a bad way that's just oh yeah,
0: yeah. no his parents by the way yeah two solid parents uh, oh my god well dwayne his dad
4: coached everybody in baseball well uh, i mean if uh, come uh, on. cut this out if if this is not appropriate but I mean, part of your the end of your cocaine days was that whole, that whole Raven and the Dark Horse, and 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 Phoenix pulled me out of it when you threw that that last pile away. your your whole mantra was, you know, now I have to give back. Yeah, now I got to give. Yeah, that was the deal. It's true.
0: Yeah, I had a, uh, and, and, I had a and discussion with a God about it. No, now. it's okay. I think we've right. talked about it before, haven't we? Uh,
1: whether I made it in or not, I don't know. But I yeah. I, mean, I, I, think that this is the, the flaw in maybe the parenting where you can't talk about stuff. If you share that experience, somebody out there might hear it, and yes. maybe they can do something with that.
4: But in all fairness to parents alike, unless you've been in front of a pile of cocaine oh, yeah. and willing to trade everything you have and own for it, how can you really understand what the person uh, yeah. on the other side is like? No, like yeah. my dad, who is the most non-addictive person in the world. I remember shaking me one time, saying, "Why can't you just fucking stop?" And yeah. I just was crying. I don't fucking know. I don't, you know, <laughs> don't want to do it anymore. I, 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 you know, but yeah. I, I, when I say it now, it's like, but but you know, Gaffy had been through it, so he was someone yeah. you could talk to about. Yeah, right? it's true. I hadn't, and, it, and uh,
0: I I got shaken out of it one night purely by luck. I think purely by the fact that you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm willing to believe in magic and <laughs> it, it really helped in that one case. Anyway, I don't know if it helps all the other times because everybody else thinks I'm crazy.
1: <laughs> kind mm. of seems like just from a total outsider's perspective to this band is everybody had some stuff that kind of fell apart and yeah. then everything kind of came back together in a different way yeah. for everybody. Yourself included Tom, because the yeah. building sold. Yes. And yes. You yeah, almost, we we're going through big changes here at the yeah, same time. That team. happened to you. Yeah. And of course your guys' new families and sort of new sort of outlooks and way yeah. of way of being. And so you guys all did that for the for the ten year dormancy of Thus yeah. and Buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but I think uh, played in
4: a shit ton of bands. So I wasn't, uh, I don't know, not afraid, but I was, I wasn't shying away from the guitar anymore. Yeah, which and was good. Wasn't really playing, but I wasn't not, I wasn't against it. And then um, I got a text from this friend of mine, Tia. And, um, oh, yes. when we were kids, when we were kids, we used to, um, we go to my friend's house while his parents went bowling. They'd leave at like six. Tia might have been on the steps that night, by the way, the, the Augie, the night of Augie burning. Okay. Very well could have been. Yeah. So, so anyway, we go there, we drop acid and watch the wall and we had to be out of there by 930. And this was like every Friday night. Uh, and this is when, what year is this? It had to be 87, okay. 88, 88. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then she sent me a text, she said, oh my god, I had a dream about such and such as his house, and she remembered the car I was driving. And I'm, dri- I'm driving to work thinking about it, I'm like, Holy fuck, man! We got to do the wall. Like, right. no, we got to do the wall because. <laughs> but we're not just playing. We're not going to be some chicken shit cover band. If you're a cover band out there, I'm sorry. We're not going to be some chicken <laughs> shit cover band. Like, we're really going to do the wall. And and the thing about it is, is not only did I have that experience with it. The thing about the wall is, everybody in our age group had an experience the wall somehow, some way. Whether it was the movie that they played. Uh, down at the whatever that one was because you could the go mystery. at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. It was like the only place you could stay out late. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to see the Wall.
2: Yeah,
4: or um, your band opened for the Wall. Anybody who was in a band in the late '80s opened for either heavy metal or the Wall. Yeah, right. Even yeah. down here, that was some of the first yeah, concerts yeah. was opening. We were for doing those. yeah,
0: bands would open for our midnight uh, shows. And yeah, it just so see
4: it just seems so. I, it sounds so cheesy when people say this, but it's like it just seems like something really important to do.
1: And so that movie meant a lot to you in the mid '80s. You spent a lot of time with it, yeah, and maybe shaped some of your perspectives and uh, and things because it's a very powerful piece. Yeah, and it's it's an important piece musically, whether or not you take anything philosophically from it.
4: No, a- absolutely. I mean, just...
1: you, you were born in what year?
4: I was born in '70.
1: You're born '70. Tom, you're born in what year?
4: Ooh, '55.
1: You're yeah. born in what year, Pete? '66. Six, I'm born yeah. in '84. Uh, this this wow. piece of music, uh, I think, is very important to all of us. Yeah. So. It was so important to you that you decided, yes, this is something that we need to do.
4: But not half-ass. But not half. No, right. Yeah, of course. The Lance thing I
1: love about this story of <laughs> thus the buzz deciding to take on Pink Floyd's The Wall is that Oof. you, Lance, got in touch with Tom and said, "Hey, Tom, this is what we're doing." Yeah, and Tom was, Tom like, was like, "Okay," but in the back of his mind, was like he'll never, never pull this happened. thing off
0: because <laughs> I told him he's got to look. You gotta, we need a keyboard player. You got to find. Uh, there's got to be background vocals. <laughs> well, holy cow! And that's the thing. So. that's where
3: I come in with all yeah. the people I've played Honest with in the last God, ten yes, years. That's I've, where Pete comes I've in. Got
0: the
1: handful of them,
0: and he brought us Richard Smith on keyboards who was a guy that I jammed a little bit with uh, in my 20s, for crying out There's Richard Smith.
1: Tom, you've told these stories a million times, yeah. but now we finally have a place to put them. Uh, uh, your relationship with The Wall. With The Wall. Your relationship with Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Why this piece and this oh time speaks God. to you.
0: Well, you know, uh, first off, when I was younger, it was, it was a seminal piece for me in, in the late 70s and, and into the 80s. Love Pink Floyd. Uh, saw them do kind of an amalgam was it in like 78 or something and it blew me away it was incredible and i'd been a pink floyd fan ever since then uh but the wall uh weirdly enough the movie used to be a staple it made a lot of money for the phoenix theater and some of the other theaters that i'd worked with and uh it uh it, as a midnight show the wall was always a staple and it made me nervous to show it to uh, a lot of my friends, because I knew these guys were going off behind this film. One of my dear, dear friends, one of my best friends... What does that mean? What? Going, going off behind Well, Lance this film. mentioned one experience. These guys were eating a lot of LSD and watching it, and it had that effect everybody had heard the sid uh, or the uh the sid barrett, yeah <laughs> yeah, the sid barrett stories that the rumor was and i don't know if it's true that he would he would pour a vial of lsd over his head before he played we do know that he eventually went into some type of a of a, of a breakdown and had and, and lost his musical ability and his, and his ability to play and that's what one of my favorite pink floyd tunes uh shine on you crazy diamond is about and uh incredible writers uh it's an incredible band great players jim Aegis, uh you called me up one time and said you know i have an extra ticket to see the wall roger waters is doing it and was that in at, uh, san francisco yeah we saw it at uh, saw AT&T park. It at at and park and it was amazing uh he had put together an incredible band of players and it was so lavish and oh uh, the production value was incredible all of the lights. And as they would start the piece, they, they were, it was started with a little bit of the wall built. And they built the wall up song to song. And while they were building the wall, they were projecting pictures of soldiers who had died uh, in various wars. I think going all the way back to the Boer War, they had some soldiers from the Boer War, which was, well, I think, believe, in South Africa. At any rate, um, and it was the Dutch... But uh, it got to World War One, and we're seeing pictures of soldiers that had died in World War One. Got to World War II, which is where Roger Waters' father had died, I believe, on one of the beaches in Italy. And uh, they're showing soldiers that had died in World War Two. They get to Korea, soldiers that had died during that war. They get to Vietnam, and we're starting to see some civilians cropping up in there, and a lot of soldiers. They get to the Middle East, and we're seeing more civilian faces on that wall than we are seeing soldiers' faces. And I just kept coming back to this recurring theme. My God, we're only doing this because of the oil. We wouldn't. There are so many other places that are blowing up in this world that our country has nothing whatever to do with and we won't even stand up for. Why are we doing this in the Middle East? And I know that our bombs have killed an awful lot of people. And I really do not believe we have been honorable in our dealings with the Middle East all the way going back to World War I we had made some promises and we went back on those promises and we uh, gerrymandered the way uh the middle east was laid out and we had promised we would not and we did the allies did uh the uh uh, uh, uh skype uh, what was the guy's name uh pico there were there were two there was a frenchman and a brit that that drew these lines up and even though uh uh some of the the, the families the uh middle eastern families we had been working with that uh 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 uh, Sir Lawrence had been Lawrence, uh, God, I just read the book. At any rate, we had made these people promises we did not live up to, and when the war was over, we cut those countries up and gave them to the highest bidder, more or less, the families that that uh, had the most to offer the West. And uh, we find ourselves still fighting World War I in the Middle East right now, and it's because of oil. So I'm seeing all this that night that I'm watching this show. Uh, watching the wall, and I'm seeing all these pictures of all these civilians that are are dying over there. And honest to God, it started with, and it's still finishing with oil. This is what is keeping the West in there. And if the West would back the hell out and let them find their high water, I think that's the only way it's going to solve itself. But uh, I decided I don't, want to do business with, uh, I don't want to do business with the Middle East. Uh, at that point, I'd heard that 10% of the oil that the United States was using was coming from the Saudis, from Saudi Arabia. And, geez, 15 Sauds were on the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center and, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, the Pentagon and, and uh, in that field in Pennsylvania. It was mostly Sauds that had planned and, and pulled off that, that uh, act. So I decided then, you know what, I'm going to cut 10% of my oil use. I do not want to do business with the Middle East. I don't think we're helping. We're throwing oil on a fire that we should not be throwing oil on. So I decided I'm going to stop. I'm not going to use, uh, I'm going to cut my driving 10%. And I've cut my driving. I'm getting two and three months out of a tank of gas nowadays because I live a mile and a half from work, and I can walk that every day. It's uh, helped me with my asthma. I've lost a lot of weight. Uh, I can keep up with the kids. You know, which was getting tougher. So it changed my life in a very positive way. I was thrilled. But then, uh, as we got in and decided to do the piece, I started studying a little bit where Roger was coming from, learning a little bit about his father, a little bit about his mother, who was a teacher also in Britain, uh, and his upbringing. And, you know, and I started seeing some interesting correlations. Uh, you hear about all these angry teachers that were working with the kids in those days in Britain, and I wonder how many of them were World War I veterans. And was this not also a post-traumatic syndrome? Because growing up in this town, there was an awful lot of, a lot of my friends' parents were semi-alcoholic, angry. The men, uh, tough fathers, tough love, uh, hard life, uh, hard work, angry. And it dawned on me, not until we started doing this project, most of the fathers, many, many of them had been uh, 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 veterans of World War II. What had they seen? What had they gone through so quietly without ever discussing it? Nobody even thought to bring it up until just recently now. Uh, and uh, it's almost too little too late. But uh, my generation grew up, I think, uh, in, the, in the shadow of our fathers from World War II. And I believe that's an awful lot of where Roger Waters is coming from with this. And then you add uh, his confusion when he got into the rock and roll business. And you've got a piece that is very dark. And very angry. Uh, and, uh, and also, you know, as, as you can see, it's a cry for help in many ways. But it ends in a very bleak fashion that I think leaves
4: leaves the, the story too open for me at times. The wall was really what put a wedge between Pink Floyd. It really was. Roger Waters said, fuck you, we're he doing just it just, my man, way, yeah. yada yada, which is kind of... 'Cause it's all about us and thus the buzz. And it's interesting yeah. that the wall the album that broke up Pink Floyd is kind of getting us back together. Yeah, it's true. It's the album that pulled us back together. To, to me it's more of it, less of all that geopolitical stuff and just more of this the inner turmoil within yourself, like yeah.
0: And it's you all know, there. The, the
4: the battle between good and bad and right and wrong yeah. and what is and what isn't. In and the and, flesh. Yeah. I mean yeah. just kind of definitely less specific, but Equally as thought-provoking kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Well, because you mentioned that it, the album's a cry for help.
4: <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. There's
0: some. There's some. Uh, uh, even uh, uh, well, not empty spaces so much. Um, uh, God, in the hotel room. Uh, one, oh, one of oh. my turns. One oh, of God, my turns. Yeah. Coming out. One of my turns is. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful tune. It's a three-four uh, waltz, but it's one of his turns coming on, and he goes into this very dark space and scares the hell out of this woman and he finds he he, he asks her does she want to learn to fly they're up their way up in a in a hotel a high-rise hotel and he's asking this scared woman would you like to learn to fly would you like to see me try why are you running away uh nobody's home uh is is a call also he's pushing all these people away and he and he's Feeling that loneliness. And, and But he doesn't want to let go, and then he, he wants it back. Fuck, he you wants get away from me, now come back. He's yeah. calling. He's calling him on the phone. He's no, Nobody's answering the phone for him. And, and uh, there's so much anger. And weirdly enough, again, uh, he was the product. He lost a father in World War II. So his whole life experience may indeed have been colored by that. His teachers were all shell-shocked. His mother was shell-shocked. They lived through the bombings. Uh, it was uh, it was such a different thing to come from. I was born ten years after World War II, and people were finally starting to come out of the fog, and so I didn't really get a clear picture. Nobody talked about it, but I knew that many of my friends' dads flew, or had. I, I have a friend whose dad was in D Day. Um, uh, my dentist's parents uh, had the. Uh, Uh, had the uh, the tattoos from Auschwitz or from I mean we were my generation was was coming out of the ashes of World War II but they did such a good job of the American dream a lot of us never realized that so you
1: performed it in summer 2014 there was lasers there was lights it went off well the crowd enjoyed it but yet you you feel like there's still work to be done with this piece
4: Yeah. so um, I wouldn't say work I I think um, I think it was a good first show, but um, I mean, my my whole thing, you know, after watching the videos and stuff, it's like it's like this is really this is this is one piece of music, like it shouldn't be broken up in songs, and like I really want to make a set out of it, like I I, I no stops,
0: and for uh, a player such as myself, yeah, no, that's, that's a fucking nightmare. It's a nice, if we're being it's honest, I, yeah, I agree. No, no, I agree. I forget one song ends, and, and I forget that we're. Actually, still in the piece sometimes, so I got it. Because I mean, some of these things are pretty de- debilitating. Um, one of my turns, holy cow, that tune is deep, and by the time it's done, I'd like to take a breath. But then we go right into a, one that's of the darker tunes. With, Don't yeah. leave me
3: now. Then you should employ oh. Amy to help you with your breathing. Well, technique. no, she, because you you can really. <laughs> oh no, she's good. It's not the breathing. seamlessly go through. No, no it's, it's the a emotion mental thing. it's, it's a no, mental it's, thing.
4: That's that's the whole. I just then you jumped go out of the performance building. mode and just. Which is interesting.
1: Right. Okay, so you, you when you perform, you get that invested, oh, that level God. of energy. Happens when he
0: does one of my when he does one of my turns, and it's tight as a tourniquet, dry as a funeral drum. Fucking, I love that snap. Run to the bedroom. In my suitcase on the left, you'll find my favorite axe.
4: I love no, that. That I was basically my I life sing story of a little bit holy shit,
0: this guy does this turn on this girl that is just absolutely terrifying, quite frankly. And and uh, I love to get into the character more than than. of uh, than I mean, i of a little bit of a the bit of a the bit of a little bit are a little bit of a little bit a collapse uh, that i a anyway? Boom! I'd like to fall on the stage. And hang for a minute. And actually, there is time, because there's a long intro into the next tune. I just have to be up for it. It's if weird. you were
4: more comfortable with Don't Leave Me Now, I, I don't think it this. would be as stressful. Um
1: 2015, you're planning on doing some more of these wall shows. Yeah. yeah. Um And then a- after that, uh, do we think that Thus the Buzz will release any more original material?
0: I would I love a, to. I got a bunch of stuff I really need to... That I've been working with much. Need other to people purge these open.
4: Yeah, I yeah. would like to start working. Sooner. No, I'm I'm definitely down. Yeah,
0: um, again, this has been the first time I've ever done a uh, cover thing. Well, you know, since yeah, since I was a kid, and uh, so this is it's a, a, a fun experience, and I'm digging the hell out of it. But I do have a bunch of stuff written that I still need to find a band that i can do it with i've been doing it with other people but
4: nothing set i, I don't know how these tunes are supposed to sound but it one is. of the things i think this project has done for us is the wall kind of yeah opened our eyes to adding adding other colors to thus the, the buzz. it's been fun having a bunch of you people know involved. there's mm-hmm.
0: uh,
4: kind of take it because it was just the four people like i wouldn't even let them dub my guitars when we did that one album you know, they wanted me to play rhythm behind the lead no fucking way you know oh that's okay. right yeah yeah remember remember yeah. that whole thing yes. and and now it's like wow let's put keys here let's oh it'd be really cool if we had some background vocals it'd be really cool to have another guitar player yeah i think it could just really fun to have this
0: um and again like i was going to mention and with with this band in particular we've got two other players that have spent that did a lot of their formative years here um jeff peel on drums uh, spent a lot of his younger years oh, playing absolutely. drums on this yeah. stage. John Coyle, I think some of his very first shows were on this stage as well. No,
4: and that actually, we should say, I mean, John, Jeff, yeah. Rich, yeah, uh, Amy and Richard Erica. Smith. I don't oh, think we've said heavens. their names yet. Amy yeah, yeah. and Erica, yeah. absolutely amazing absolutely amazing great players
1: in a moment we will be bringing some of these friends out in fact all of these friends out to play some of the excerpts from Pink Floyd's The Wall before we go to that uh, performance um, this is a good opportunity if you had anything you wanted to say about the Thus the Buzz experience or what it's meant to you or what it is this is a nice time. Oftentimes we don't say nice things about people or things until it's too late. Here's a chance we got <laughs> yeah. the mics going. Anything you want to share about what this band has meant to you and, and what it potentially will mean in the future.
4: For me personally, you know, growing up, I mean, at the Phoenix with all the bands that are playing and then, you know, all the musicians I played around, I think there's very few musicians that can say that they actually had a band with the connection and that they were as proud of as I am of Thus the Buzz. I mean, a lot of people played in a lot of bands. I mean, we all did, you know. Um, but um, I don't well, know. I don't know how many people really get to have a thus the buzz, and you know, not the stupid name, but the the fact that to get four people that really just, bam, it just it just happened. You, you, you know what I mean? Um, wow, it's been a fun. experience. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. Cool.
3: and for me, it it has a lot to do with. Um, building friendships over time that really last and really stand the ultimate test because there's no bullshit that we have not yeah. um hurled at each yeah. other or oh, been involved with each other. Yeah. Um, differences, arguments, but just uh it's real, like there's a real support there.
0: Lance, by the way, did play in, <laughs> in a few other bands besides Chomp uh, Hard and Thus the Buzz. And it was, uh, Lance was the one it was honest to God. He was in this one band, Cross-eyed Something Indians. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but hey. because nowadays it's anyway. He was in I think of one of my favorite old school punk bands. Except one night they were doing the uh, hairball metal thing, and I walk backstage and Lance is getting his hair kinked and sprayed by this hairdresser, and you couldn't breathe. There was so much hair spray in the air, and this was in probably ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, I think probably. And I, that That's was probably about when I went, came here and saw you. <laughs> it was when I finally decided if I have to go through this type of metal. I could hardly breathe through the hairspray. If I got to go through another two or three years of hairspray bands, I'm getting out of this business. Thank God I, I didn't have to. Thank Lance God for Nirvana. Woman. Thank God for Nirvana. <laughs> oh, my God. They got the hairspray out of it. Oh, thank you, Nirvana, for that. What a
1: great story about cross-eyed Indians.
0: <laughs> thus the buzz. <laughs> <Come on>. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh, Fuck, that's the buzz. This is bad practice. <laughs> yeah. Fucking right here. Well, I mean, what, what can be said? Lance and I have, have had a playing relationship for years. One simple fucking question.
4: Was, Lance and I have, have
0: been playing together for years and years and come up with some of my favorite tunes together. Pete is just the most solid player to play behind. It's been thus the buzz. And when you, when you threw Jack in, oh my God, what a powerful band that I'm was. I'm going to ask you something to you asked me once. Huh.
3: Do you love him? Yes, I do. Do you like him?
0: Most of the time. Okay. <laughs> that's why. That's why I lovely, do. You know. I absolutely like Lance. Both you guys. That's yeah. true. All right. You're right. I did uh, I did ask that question. Far out. A group
1: of guys that both like and love <laughs> and each and other. And love each other. Sometimes. Absolutely. Always, love, 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 always sometimes. love. Always love. Sometimes yeah, most, like. Most of the like. yeah, like. Well, I, I think with that, um, this has been fun. Thank you all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having us. This yeah. Is thanks awesome. for having us. Absolutely. Is, and uh, if you're listening to this before July 24th, 2015, come on. Out to the Phoenix Theater yeah. and watch the them show. perform Pink yes, yes. Floyd's "The Wall." And if not, check them out anyway uh, at a future date.
0: Yeah. Doing yeah. something we don't know yet. We have yeah. no idea. Whatever Lance comes up with, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. thus- up one too. <laughs> oh, oh, now you're okay. really <laughs> pushing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone, this has been thus the buzz, and we will now go to another segment where thus the buzz plays us some songs from off. Pink Floyd to the wall. I'm perfect. I'm thank I'm thank really you so much for joining us tonight, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> Thanks.